Tyrone, welcome. Oh, it's always a privilege to be spending time with you, Sandy. Oh, I've finally got you in the studio. Yes, I've been <laughs> travelling around a little bit. But that is what your role is, uh, taking on that responsibility of leadership for our people. You're a young man, you've got the energy, and uh, of course you need to travel far and wide to get the message out and about. Yeah, definitely. Look, um, it's part of the role and uh, unfortunately a lot of the decision makers that influence the laws and policies that impact us on our daily lives live in Canberra or down in, down south in Perth. So a lot of the job is travelling and, and trying to ensure that we are representing our people's views. Um, but it's always good to be back home and on country and like you talked about the AGM, um, always good to catch up with our members and keep our finger on the pulse, making sure that our values are, are aligned. Could the yes mean that perhaps a little bit of uh, travel time for you could be cut down and for other leaders around the country having that one voice? Yeah, look, I, I definitely think so. I, I think um, one thing it'll also do is, is make sure that we're a lot more coordinated. Quite often uh, you've got organisations lobbying government on similar issues and we're crossing over in the corridors of Parliament House and, uh, you know, I think uh, having a voice will ensure that the collective are advocating together, putting a position together. So, yeah, look, uh, you know, hopefully um, that could be one of the benefits of it is that uh, there is less travel required from uh, less the number of leaders. We're able to advocate a lot more strongly and we have a stronger connection where governments are coming to us at a local level and we're able to develop regional and local frameworks that... Um, Commonwealth governments can also participate and join. And, and for, for me, really, one of the significant benefits of, the, uh, of potentially of having a voice in, in government is that the coordinated approach, the efficiencies that it created and, and the unity of, of addressing some of the, you know, generational issues that have unfortunately uh, impacted our communities. With... 400 people, even more, getting together in the, the East Kimberley. What did these voices have to say? Well, yeah, it was a significant gathering. So over 300 uh, people throughout the Kimberleys come together. And as you mentioned, you know, so uh, uh, emerging young leaders, EYL, there was people from CALAC, the, the Language Centre, also Anja and the KLC. We, we all share very similar memberships. So that's the beauty of having our, our AGMs over the four days. And very similar themes, you know, people wanting to say, how do we continue to advocate? Um, heritage issues was a critical concern. We, you know, we had a visit from the minister, the state minister, Tony Booty, come out there. You know, um, issues in and around, you know, what's impacting our communities, uh, juvenile justice issues, um, the, the loss of language was another key issue that we're talking about. Um, you know, we at the men's meeting uh, within CALAC, you know, a lot of the men's talked about... Uh, their concerns and how we need to revitalise uh, local leadership within our, our men's group, um, similar to what the women have done in the Kimleys, have been very strong and showed great leadership down that path. Um, and really just a broad range of issues. And that's I think it's really uh, interesting to, to have those four days on country, to be still, to be able to hear everyone's concerns because it really is a melting pot and it gives you... Uh, it's like a moral realignment for me, you know, like uh, you're, you're right. We spend a bit of time away talking to politicians and hearing their views and trying to address a lot of the legislative reforms that are happening across the country. However, you know, we've got to stay connected to our members and, and this, that, this four days is critical to that. So 
um, really trying to get an understanding of how people are impacted day to day and how we can, as a regional organisation can continue to advocate for change so that people across the whole region can see a benefit. And it's all of the, the changes uh, that have really realigned uh, the future for groups like uh, the Land Council, also CALAC and uh, the Language Centres, having uh, to unite and uh, work together to navigate a changing society. Yeah, you're right. You know, look... Um, when we think about how history and, you know, the KLC is over 45 years old now and the likes of Calac, you know, coming up to the 40 years um, and the Language Centre not too far behind as well, you know, the, our leaders that have gone before us were very strategic in their approach about making sure that all those elements are protected and that they are advocated on behalf of Kimberley Aboriginal people. And, you know, the roles that each organisation play now in trying to hold governments accountable, you know, in regards to legislative reforms, um, policies and programs that are push, pushing out. It's critical to the sustainability of who we are as Aboriginal people. And, uh, you know, these organisations are, are highly regarded within government and have a, are an integral fabric to the Kimberley community. And uh, I think uh, our members have been such staunch supporters of all these uh, organisations and uh, what's really refreshing is to see the the new young leadership coming through as well and, and starting to learn that history and be, prepare themselves for the succession planning to take over the, the, the battle that our previous leaders have fought for us. The battle is uh, not quite over with the interesting future ahead and uh, the voice is certainly creating a lot of interesting talk around the country. Has that been spoken about with the youngsters? Yeah, look, uh, we've been uh, very keen to try and obviously we had the referendum roadshow where we spent some time and had some really fantastic uh, panellists. So we had like Shireen Morris from the uh, university, uh, a, um, a lawyer. We had Dean uh, Parkin from Yes23, uh, Rachel Perkins, you know, famous Australian filmmaker, um, Davina Deanna, you know, our local member, Kimberley lady for the Kimberleys as well. And then we had some local panellists. So we went through Kununurra, Halls Creek, Fitzroy Crossing and Derby. Um, it was spoken about at our AGMs again. So we had the opportunity to hand the statement, the, the AGM statement to Minister Linda Burney from there. So we're really trying to tackle all demographics. So it's definitely the young people of uh, some of the polling that we've seen, have seen they've been very quick to cotton on to the benefits of potentially of having a voice and have been strong supporters about the voice. And um, as we get close to now, leading into, you know, the 14th of October is is a date that the Prime Minister set in Adelaide. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be in Adelaide when the Prime Minister spoke about and launched it. And I didn't really understand the significance of it. But uh, when we go back and track history, it was, it, was, uh, it was the 1967 referendum where they launched back in, in Adelaide as well. So the connection for that was, was quite emotional and um, to be in the presence, and I thought the Prime Minister spoke very, he was very articulate about the voice and the benefits it can lead. So 
Um, look, yeah, we're very positive. Uh, we're, we've seen it great again to see the number of people coming out and the hundreds of thousands across Australia over the weekend in regards to Yes campaign walks. Um, you know, we've had Michael Long do the long walk again, and you know, we've had Pat Farmer running around Australia. Look, there's really been an uplift, uh, and uh, you know, I think uh, uh, one of the clear things we need to be about is that just next week, you know, it's being the 26th of September the remote polling starts. So, you know, even though the Prime Minister said it's the 14th of uh, October for, for all of us in the urban areas, um, the Australian Electoral Commission is trying to get out to those remote areas earlier. So in places like Moundjum Community and also One Arm Point and up in uh, the East Kimberley and Columbaroo and Kunji, uh, on Tuesday next week, there, there will be the remote polling starts. So I'm urging all of you out there to get informed now, form your position about what you think about the referendum and get along to these polling areas and, and put your vote in because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, you know, we, we talk about history. We talk about cha- making change. Making change is something that doesn't come easy. You know, when we talk about trying to change the rule book that was written in 1901, that was written without us and didn't include us, to now have this opportunity over 120 years on is is a, is something that you will be able to tell your kids and your grandkids that you were a part of and that you were able to vote to. So, um, I would urge people in the Kimberley to get involved. Um, you know, have a look on the Australian Electoral Commission, so the AEC website, to find out where there are going to be polling booths over the coming weeks. Um, plus, also the Kimberley Land Council will be making posts out, making available out there for all those community members who want to find out where the closest polling booths is and what day and when it's going to be polling as well. Taryn Garston, thank you very much for coming in and lending your voice. Uh, thank you so much, Sandy. You do such great work for the Kimberley and a uh, big shout out from all the people up in the Kimberley and the members to say keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. Taryn Garston, our CEO of uh, the Kimberley Land Council, doing a sterling job, may I add. It's always great to have the future, our future, in uh, the driver's seat.